0: Hello, and welcome to Worst Best Sellers, where we read about a horse of some kind, so you don't have to. I'm Renata. And I'm Kate. And for this episode, we read The Black Stallion Revolts by Walter Farley. Joining us to discuss this weirdly erotic book for young readers is purely theoretical horse enthusiast, Carrie. Hi, Carrie. Hello. Welcome back. You've joined us for many episodes, perhaps most notably Twilight.
1: yes. And get used to hearing Carrie's voice because uh, spoiler alert there is perhaps another Twilight book coming out they're, in the near future there
0: definitely as I already pre-ordered it no take backs Stephanie <laughs> um, by the way, you described yourself as a purely theoretical horse enthusiast I want to unpack that because you are a you are a person you're a real person you're not <laughs> a theoretical person it's your what? your enthusiasm for horses is theoretical or you're only enthusiastic about
2: theoretical horses. I think the latter <laughs> and I i was trying to like go back to remember like sort of when I got to be like a horse kid. I know when I was quite young, I got there were like these sort of model horses that um, it was like Briar was the brand and you could get them at the toy store. I just like to go and look at them and then I was given them and I would break them because they're their models are so not to play with and you would knock off their legs and i had but i had books that were like nonfiction books um i think marguerite henry is one of the authors who comes up a lot when you talk about horse stuff and they were these like gourd can you hear me yes okay i wasn't sure if that was ever reacting to a sound so let me No,
1: that was me saying yes marguerite henry is the queen of horse girls yes
2: Yes. and so i i had this and I think it was an older book maybe it was it had even belonged to my parents that was just an album of horses that had like little information about different horse breeds and it had these beautiful painted pictures so like my experience and my enthusiasm for horses I think developed from painted images photos and models so I as I got a little older I like it wasn't I had a friend, and I think my friend might be the one who was really into this series, um, who like did, she went and had writing lessons and like she wrote in shows. And I think like on some level I was jealous, but I was never even like mom and dad, can I take lessons? Because it was kind of, you were hot and sweaty. It was hard. um, And what really sort of appealed to me I, it was just, I think, sort of like aesthetically and then just like sort of getting into, I think it was a chicken and egg with reading books like this, which is that these kids would, that there's always something with a, it's basically like a psychic companion animal bond that would happen with which this kid in whichever particular horse. So it was kind of like, I liked the, I did, wasn't really necessarily interested in, learning to ride horses. I went to horse camp a couple times, it was fine. I liked, you know, petting them and stuff. But it was more like I wanted my own horse to which I basically was psychically bonded, you know, without expressing that. That just seemed like the idea, I, I, I don't, so. you wanted, You wanted a golden compass style demon. Yeah, pretty much, but a horse. Like, again, I had dogs and cats. I liked them, but just kind of a horse was a little bit um, out of reach and was always kind of featured in these kind of stories. So that was sort of the the, the connection there that I had.
0: All right. So you're enthusiastic about theoretical horses. Mm -hmm. By the way, welcome to Flashback Summer, which... Oh, right. um, (laughs) Where we talk about horses. Apparently. Um, Yeah. Well, this time. Um, Yeah. So... You you hopefully listen to our most recent episode, which was our sort of flashback summer super special where people talked about all kinds of books that they liked as kids. And now we're dipping into some, you know, our traditional flashback summer where we'll spend a whole episode talking about one book or one series. And our our standard caveat for the flashback summers is that we just because we're called worst bestsellers, and just because we're doing an episode about it doesn't mean we think this book is worst and flashback summer is sort of more about gentle nostalgia for these series um and this by the way if you didn't know and i didn't know until carrie mentioned it there were a bunch of these black stallion books like the first one that's just called the black stallion is like pretty famous pretty famous movie i'm pretty sure i read the first one as a kid i did not know there were so many more of these
1: yeah yeah i did because from when i was selling books but i um the the one other thing i'm going to add for flashback summer is that um in the past we generally um read more pulpy books um we stuck kind of to series for the most part um and we're kind of doing something a little bit different which we talked about in the last episode uh if you skip that one where instead of being like well here is a a genre or here is like one series that everyone read as a kid um we're asking particular people to tell us about one of their favorite childhood books Mm -hmm. so you know in the past like maybe all of us will have had like fond childhood memories of whatever we're talking about but very specifically we are reaching out to guests and saying tell us about why you loved this book as a child but you know the the bulk of our content will be the same but just a little bit of the gist of of how we normally do flashback summers a little bit different this year
0: mostly because we've been doing this podcast for five years somehow and we kind of were scraping the bottom of the barrel when it came to books and that variety of like you know big the first couple years we were like yeah babysitter's club goosebumps and then last year we were like Pol- polk street kids i think i heard of that <laughs> oh. um and so now we're like ah whatever any any childhood book let's do it yeah. let's do the black stallion but yeah. this i think sort of qualifies anyone anyway. like this is a popular series that probably a lot of people have read yeah
1: yeah i um i was not a horse girl at all no, 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 um i was not an animal person which is not probably surprising to anyone who listens to this podcast no. But I, I never was really into animals, and I very specifically was never into horses. I think because the bulk of the horse books were like old timey, adjacent, which, as I've said before, I was not into as a kid. I'm still pretty much not into now. And so that was like two strikes. It was like not only was it about horses, which I don't care about, but it's also old timey, which I also don't care about. When I could, if I'm going to be reading an old timey book, I want at least two ghosts to be in it, basically.
0: Um, yeah, and, and in one previous Flashback Summer, we did read uh, a book from the Saddle Club series, which is maybe the peak horse girl book about girls and horses. And at that time, I think we we both retread our personal horse history,
1: which in short, neither of us is that into them. I, I actually I, wasn't on that episode. That was when I was uh, sleeping outside the Imperial Theater to meet Dave Malloy. Oh,
0: that's for right. For an entire summer, I, That's right, because that you were deep. like, I don't care about horses. So
1: I'll not read the saddle club.
0: All right. Well, Kate, I agree. I'm not that into horses.
1: The one other thing that I'll add to, because that was a, that was the summer, I took the whole summer off from Flashback Summer. Um, But the one other thing that I will add to the horse discussion is that I felt very justified as a young adult in my dislike of horses, because um, I found out, actually, when I was working at summer camp with Renata, that I am incredibly allergic to horses. Oh, no. I am, like, dangerously allergic to horses. I, like, walked into the barn the first day of employee orientation when they were orienting us to the barn, and I had to leave, like, three minutes in because I could not breathe. Mm-hmm. So, so I also like, as an adult, feel like, yeah, that's right. Horses, I am better than you. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I was correct in this feeling that I had about you in my youth. So, yeah, that that's also important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, horses.
1: Period. <laughs> <laughs> there's oh, many
0: t- kinds of horses. There's quarter horses. There's thoroughbreds. There's stallions.
1: Do I know what any of those types of horses are? No
0: did this book try to teach me kind of
1: sort of maybe i wasn't paying that much attention um
0: mares speaking of mares carrie pointed out that this is a book where women do not exist and uh i mean a there's mares which is girl horses one time they place a phone call and the operator is a woman and then our protagonist alec has a mom who has zero lines of dialogue but occasionally the dad will say, and your mom.
1: Yes. He did he does try to call his mother at one point, but she's so shocked to hear his voice, um, which we will explain as we get into what the plot of this book is, that she doesn't actually speak.
0: Yeah, she gives the phone to like a ranch hand. She's like, You deal with this <laughs> A ranch hand named Jinx, which is also a drag yeah. queen. <laughs> I-
2: I don't remember that character at all from this series. So do you want me to get into not just the horses but what it was about this particular series?
0: Yeah. Yeah, like give us a quick recap of of maybe the first one and then why you like this one more than OG Black
2: Stallion. Um well, I would not say I like it more but I thought it would be more interesting to talk about. I mean for well,
0: sure, for sure, for sure, for sure a lot to t- much to discuss.
2: The first book, The Black Stallion is genuinely a children's classic book. It is a it was i think published in 1941 this boy alec um, who's kind of like vague young teenager age is on a he's coming back from europe i think subtextually because world war ii is breaking out but that's not much there um he's coming back um on a quote tramp steamer which i remember well which was basically before you had everybody was on commercial um passenger lines you would just get on a and i'm this is a um an detail but i thought it was cool at the time so okay. he's on his, the ship the ship ship wrecks and alec ends up on a a desert island with this beautiful horse he had seen on the ship that is like wild and crazy and no one can get near it so of course in order to survive on the desert island he has to team up with the horse And they help each other to survive. And Alec rides the horse on the beach, which to me was very, you know, beautiful, romantic thing. It's really pretty in the movie. Um, And then he comes back. I think in the book, I mean, I think in the movie, they have his dad die. So the mom is more of a character. But obviously in the book, his parents, he doesn't have any like parent loss trauma. He comes back, he meets this, crotchety horse trainer who lives next door and they Who's, discover is that, that henry that is henry it's mickey Rooney in the movie mm. they discover that um this horse he's like oh this can be a race horse they secretly enter this you know anonymous horse so they just call it the black because quote it's a horse with no name mm-hmm. and he there's a big horse race and he wins so that's sort of it sets the template for this series which is basically adventure nonsense child bonding with a horse and then there's some kind of race at the end and so that's kind of basically um what where what we get from here the subsequent books um there's he has a lot of children this horse and they also are in different kinds of races they don't and one of his children is satan what are the Children of Satan? There is not a um Alec is not the main character in all of the books, the main human character. But pretty much there is always a, you know, late teens to early 20s male character. And then there's an old there is a crotchety older man. This book has several crotchety older men, but that is the character dynamic that um this author seemed to like. It seems weird, but also like reading his biography, I guess he was like a city kid who learned about horses on his uncle's farm. So I guess he's probably replicating that relationship. So what, one thing I found when I was digging about this is he basically wrote this book when he was in high school, Walter Farley. And yeah, then-
0: the first one, not this one.
2: Yeah, yeah the, I'm sorry. The, yes, the first book he wrote in high school. And it makes so much sense if you think of it that way, because it's basically a self insert um, novel about a teenager becoming, like, first having this wild island adventure and then becoming a famous horse rider and owner. So he's kind of like, it's kind of like, you know, going. What is the the novel that's like the romance that started with One Direction? Oh, after? after? yeah it's kind of like the after of the day but then i assume he got to college he got he polished it he got um probably a lot of editors to look at it so but i imagine this originally started as him being my fantasy about having a wonderful horse that only loves me and that becomes a champion and also i can throw in all the horse facts that i want i have to imagine that this if you imagine this kid like being like mom and dad let me tell you about blah 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 and they're like go away so he writes down his horse facts he writes down his mary sue fantasy and that kind of becomes something that i think that combination if you're like a nerdy kid like i was who liked to read these nonfiction books to learn things about about horses but also the story is kind of absurd and is based on this like idea that like the kid and the horse are psychically bonded so and then i assume he's he published it it was successful and then they're like more of these so he kind of continues to write some of the books are more just straight up horse book um, sports books um satan who appears in this book is the first son of the black stallion it my friend who liked these books as a series was kind of like a Jesus E Bible school kid and insisted that horse was named Satin because <laughs> otherwise I she, otherwise she could not accept reading it. I never that's,
0: read That's so weird. There's a typo throughout this whole book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and there's literally one titled The Black Stallion and Satan and I did not um, check that out when I was a young child because I didn't think that I could um... so yeah, so these books have those sort of it's that combination of like the really just like fantasy wish fulfillment and then all of these like let me throw you these nerdy things which unfortunately when i was reading these books were 30 years out of date and are now like 60 years out of date but i think these aren't the kind of books that they're going to go in and update so it's sort of um of that so there's of of these um kind of i partly was just that it was a series so it was easy for me to find more of them in the library um so like i read these and i read the marguerite henry's and that was kind of just one after the other and i feel like one of the reasons i picked this one is because even when i was like 11 i was like i feel like this is kind of crazy and dumb yeah, <laughs> but, <yeah. laughs>
0: but, but you're
2: it still not starts. wrong <laughs> it scratches that itch and i do feel like they were like the editor was like maybe let's not worry about this plot strictly making sense let's just put it out <laughs> get that horse money
0: get that horse money yes um let's uh
1: let's real quick go through uh, this is a book where not a lot happens but so much happens simultaneously right. yes um so let's kind of breeze through the main the main plots of the book plot points of the book which is basically we got alec who is the horse trainer Who, uh, as Carrie was explaining before, was the main character of the first book who was trapped on the desert island or whatever. And now he lives at this place where horses live, ranch, maybe. I don't know. He's a teen
0: horse prodigy. By the way, this book, the perspective shifts so wildly and so unexpectedly. And we start off in the POV of a a horse that never comes back this horse is named napoleon and napoleon's just like i'm a chill horse and the black stallion is an unchill horse and things are getting extremely unchill right now and it's just from the pov of this horse who's alarmed that the black stallion is freaking out and attacking satan the horse and it's just a wild way to start this book it's like what i i'm so out of my depth already
1: like especially because as I started it I was terrified that that meant the entire book was going to be from the point of view of a horse. Uh but luckily it is not. Only parts of it are from the point of view of a horse. But I was only disappointed. Napoleon that one
0: time. I wanted it to be from the point of view of the horse. <laughs> well not Napoleon, but I was in, I was ready for a horse POV. <laughs> but mostly it's not
1: no um so napoleon watches the black stallion attack satan the horse not satan the satan uh and henry <laughs> and, who's
0: well and napoleon's like oh as a horse like all i can as the good horse all i can do is try to like neigh for help so that the humans will hear but oh no it's storming and the humans won't hear me neigh.
1: And um, so, so Henry, who's like the main horse guy, runs out, and Alec also runs out, and Henry has a whip, which he uses on the Black Stallion, which is a big no-no. It's very triggering for the Black Stallion, and mm-hmm. he's going to murder Henry, except Alec intervenes and saves both Satan and Henry. And he and Henry talk about what happened with the Black Stallion. And they they realize that clearly, clearly what is going on is the Black Stallion was like, oh, like, I've been a very good horse so far. But every once in a while, you just need to, like, be a dangerous, evil horse. So they decide they're going to bring him out to a uh, ranch in the Californian desert where he can be an evil horse and run free until he gets that out of his system. And then he can come back and be a good horse again.
0: I mean... Evil is putting human morality on the black stallion, which I, you know, don't think we can do. Um,
2: doesn't, doesn't Henry actually talk about him being a murderer? Though he keeps saying he's trying to murder Satan.
0: Yes. There's a lot of talk of horse murder in this book. <laughs> uh, sure. But I also I was reading this and I was like, ooh, that's a mood. You know, what like I need a vacation. Also, will someone please <laughs> like buckle me in and drop me off in the desert? relatable <laughs> so they do that Will well, they well they try to do try that? to do
1: that they um they get on this plane and they're flying from wherever they are to the californian desert and alec is taking very good care of the black which is what he's called the black stallion is just referred to as the black not black the black with the article and he is watching over him and he's sitting in the back with him instead of like with the pilots. And at one point the pilot's like, ah, oh, bud, like you got to come look at the sky, I guess. And he's like, oh, I really can't. Cause I'm watching the black and the co-pilot is like, Oh, actually like I'll watch him. Cause he's famous. And I want to be able to tell my kids that I watch this famous horse. And so uh, this kid, Sir Alec goes to look at the sky and the co-pilot feeds the black A huge bucket of ice cold water, which you're not supposed to do for horses because then they get in pain and colicky and mad. And for, I guess, science reasons.
0: And we knew this because right before the co-pilot came and did this, we saw Alec carefully give him a little bit of warm water and then think expository narrative thoughts to himself about how you can't give a horse cold water because it'll make him sick. And then immediately... that idiot co-pilot does that
2: yes to be fair I learned from this book that you should not drink very cold water after you were exercising I used to try to do that when I was like eight nine and would get cramps I didn't ask about it nobody told me why and I learned that from this book so that is the kind of fact that is applicable to real life (laughs)
0: a lot to learn by the way okay we're we're getting into a recurring theme which is that the narration of this book is such that there are multiple things that i went and reread and i'm still not totally sure what happened or like what caused things to happen but so the the black um henry's like or rather alec is like oh i think the horse is sick and we need to make an emergency landing And they're working on that, but then the Black does get sick, and he breaks free of his harness or whatever. And does the Black crash the plane, or was it unrelated?
1: I, I don't think the plane crashes. From what it seems to be, is that they manage to make an emergency landing, not at an airport and Alec takes the Black out of the plane and is riding him, and the Black just takes off with him on his back. And I think the implication is that at some point he gets knocked out and hits his head, and that's when he ends up, like, amnesiac in the woods, which, spoiler alert, is... is Well, actually, it's not a spoiler alert. That's what happens narratively yeah, next that's in the, the book. Premise.
2: Yes. Okay. That's um, the Buddhist I could do. Um, I was, like... I because at one point they're like did the pilots die and we never hear anything about it so I but
1: I also like why would the black abandon Alex so they did they fall out of the plane separately I don't know because there is there is the scene where they are they're back with the pilots and the pilots are like we don't know what happened like we told him like you should just probably hang out here for a while and he was like no I gotta exercise the horse and then they were gone
2: yeah yeah yeah. So of the wilderness anyway. And he has amnesia.
1: Yeah. So he, he can't remember anything about where he is. He's got this head wound. Um, he manages to make his way out to a road and then into the back of a truck where he just chills for a while until the two grubby dudes in the front of the truck are like, Hey, like no free rides and kick him out.
0: Okay. And here's another thing that I'm confused about what actually happened. Also, by the way, in in the midst of this, Alec decides that his name is McGregor because his shirt says McGregor, but I guess it was just a McGregor brand shirt.
2: In true Marty McFly Calvin Klein style. Yes. By, by the way, nobody ever asks him if it's his first name or his last name or if he has a first name. It's quite odd.
0: Yeah. Names are weird in this book. <laughs> um. Also, by the way, can you not just tranquilize a horse? Like horse tranquilizers is a thing. I've heard of them. It,
2: It's, I think one of the things about Walter Farley's writing is that he gets really into logistics of specific things and then just ignores the logistics of other things. So that's a good question. And I don't know what was going on there.
0: Because, I mean, they did go into so much detail about how to keep the horse safe during the flight. But like, Uh or maybe this was a long time ago and they didn't have as good of horse drugs. I don't know. That seemed to me like just drug your horse if you got to take him across the country.
2: Um, I mean, horse tranquilizer is an expression. assume <laughs> so they actually use them on horses, right? But, but
0: maybe in the 40s they were like, right. oh, but maybe it'll kill your horse. I don't know.
1: I mean, I feel like th- I do. I do watch a lot of murder shows, okay. and in a lot of the murder shows, when they use like ketamine or other animal tranquilizers to take out people to kill people, it's always like, oh, well, we stole them from the veterinarian's office. Like that's what that's how it happened. Uh-huh. So. I don't know. It's possible. Also, all the murder shows are making shit up. Murder shows make shit up all the time. Yeah, but there's a lot of things that happen
2: because of convenience of the plot. Clearly, he wanted to get to the horse and the kid wandering around separately, and one of them has amnesia, and that's where we are.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So he's on the. He gets out of the. The the grubby guys kick him out of the back of their truck and then another guy is driving down the road and sees that he's injured and is like oh like i'll take you i'm going to phoenix i'll take you there it's fine and this person
0: his name is bill and the narrative becomes from bill's point of view but bill is a fat man and this narrative that's ostensibly from bill refers to him as the fat man like a hundred times like the fat man (laughs) kept driving and looked over at the young boy and like wondered what he was up to it's gross anyway yeah
1: So Um, so Alex with
0: the fat man, Bill.
1: Yes, and and Alec is, he's in a lot of pain and he's, like, very fuzzy and he's very panicked that he can't remember anything about himself or who he is. So as they're driving, um, uh, Bill is, like, afraid to, like, pull over because he's not sure. The fact that the kid is so quiet is making him nervous. And uh, he does finally have to pull over to rest his eyes for a while and he hears a radio broadcast about how a young boy who matches Alec's description was part of a robbery in Salt Lake City which is around where he picked Alec up and uh, somebody is dead and he's wanted for questioning and you know if you see him please call the police so Bill kicks him out of the car also and falls-
0: Bill, Bill saw Alec fidgeting with something he's like kid you got a gun and he's like no no it's not a gun it's this wad of, ca- of bloodstained cash that I have and I don't remember why <laughs> yes yeah so admittedly
2: but can i the we're saying that alex is a young boy um it's a little the only way that you could figure out how old he's supposed to be is it says he's 16 to 18 in this radio broadcast if you do the math in the series he would have to like be in his 20s and otherwise is basically portrayed as an adult but then you have because he's not like going to school or anything you know but
0: um, yeah i wonder about that maybe just because he's short because he's a jockey but i uh mean
1: also it's like it's babysitters club logic like how many fucking summer vacations did the babysitters go on and stay 13 forever yeah
0: Uh okay but i want to dial back to bill real quick because here's a few more things that are sus about bill the fat Mm -hmm. man uh a direct quote from bill is i'm interested in young people (laughs) which he he is retired from some job but now that he's retired because he's so interested in young people he just drives around building playgrounds and he travels with a gun because he needs to protect himself while he's traveling around building playgrounds
2: the other interesting thing is that i mean this book even though this is later in the series the writer is still pretty young he's probably still in his 20s but he's writing a lot of older characters and i'm also like do you, what kind of ideas do you have about what adults are like and where they come from? I don't know.
1: Yeah. So he, when it, when Bill after he kicks Alec out of the car, uh, at first he's like, "Oh, like I'm just gonna kick you out while I'm sleeping, and then like I'll drive you to the nearest town." But while he is asleep, he of course misses a radio broadcast that. Says also, like, oh, also, this kid named Alec and his uh, horse, the black, are missing, and everyone is searching all over Wyoming for them. And this is what he looks like. And of course, it's what Alec looks like because it's Alec. um But he's just, Bill's asleep, so he misses it. And Alec uses this opportunity to run away into the desert where he wanders while I imagine bleeding. And yeah, because he's
0: barefoot, also. I don't know how yeah. to do his shoes. But. Uh, By the way, multiple times this happens where those two stories are back to back about the boy escape from the robbery and then also about Alec missing back to back. They air and both multiple times, like the interested party only sees or hears the first one. Yeah. See,
2: in my head, remembering this book I read when I was 11, I had definitely improved the dangerous fugitive part of the plot. Because I had like, well, there was really a murderer who just happened to be like a small man who looked like him. And they have to confront the murderer at some point. And that's why there's this big manhunt. None of this is actually in the book. What it is, is like sort of a maybe accomplice to a minor crime who is only described like there's not like a sketch. He's described as being a small red haired person around 16 or 18 years old. So it's just kind of like, this is like multi-state news that for like a long
0: time, that seems odd. Also, here's another question I have about the plot is, was there, was there a crime? Like the truckers were the robbers. Was Alex actually there or had he left at that point? But because, or did he like get re-amnesia? Like he doesn't remember the crime, but like he already had amnesia. But the the boy does look like him. But we are we were with Alex's point of view when he left the truckers, and we didn't get anything about the crime. So like, is there another redheaded crime boy running around?
1: Or like, I think there has to be because the the whole crux of them let the police letting him go is that they have fingerprints from the boy, and they don't match Alex's fingerprints.
0: All oh, right
2: see oh, crime okay. shows <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's just it, basically that could have been a much better and more more intense and exciting plot and I improved it over the years in my head but
0: yeah, then where did the he left. get the money
2: <laughs> he remember his debt he for some reason he, he like his keys were attached to his wallet and Henry's like give me the keys and Alex for some reason throws him the wallet including his ID because right if he has ID there's no story so it was his money the whole time. The, um, yeah, I don't know why he was carrying such a large amount of cash. I mean, um, like he's
1: on vacation and he doesn't have a credit card. This
2: is true. It's just like the, the 40s. So maybe it's just more common. Yeah. But and then he, I think it was his own blood from where he hit his head. But he didn't know.
0: Got it. Okay. I think I've, I've resolved all my personal questions about this. We can move on to the okay. full all amnesia right, well, of it all sorry
1: let's zip through the rest of it uh so he's in the desert wandering around he passes out he wakes up a couple times on the back of a burrow and then wakes up for good in a bed and a man named gordon is nursing him back to health and explains that he found him in the desert wandering around with no shoes very badly injured and he's been taking care of him for a couple weeks and uh alec admits to him that he has amnesia And that he assumes his name is McGregor because it's on this shirt that he's wearing. And uh, Gordon's like, okay. And dumps, info dumps his entire totally pointless backstory. Um, Which
0: I wanted, okay. Gordon's backstory is that he worked in Hollywood and he was the editor of a movie magazine. And it was so exhausting and so glamorous and he just needed a break from, it seemed like he was a huge celebrity for being the editor of a movie magazine. And so that's why he had to come to the middle of nowhere to get away from all that.
1: Yeah, it's, you're forgetting my favorite point of this though, which <laughs> that I was he. Like, yeah, that as a, amazing. Yeah, please a explain movie, how he got this land. A movie uh, publicist, in order to promote a movie about like forests or or pine something. Bequeath all of the major magazine editors with like a plot of land in the middle of Arizona and he paid taxes on it and kept up taking care of it so that the day that he's like I'm just going to disappear he was able to disappear to that plot of land Mm -hmm.
2: there's so much like logistics that don't need to be there he could have just been a wealthy and successful person who decided to buy some land I definitely thought that Gordon would have like actual like a mysterious past that would surface like, but no, this is just random unnecessary backstory. Yes,
0: and and his burrow his borough is named Goldie, and he's like, but actually, he's named Black Gold after the Kentucky Derby winner of nineteen twenty four. And Alec is like, the oh, Kentucky Derby, like that rings bells in my memory for some reason,
1: but yeah, not enough. Have- he has Alec um, do a whole bunch of different things. Like, he hands him a rifle and he doesn't know how to hold it. So he's like, okay, well, like, you don't know how to use guns. He has him do, like, a whole bunch of other things around the house. He, Alec discovers he knows how to fish. Um, he discovers that he knows how to take care of horses real good. And he keeps getting angry that none of these things are untriggering his amnesia. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally, Gordon's like, hey, I'm going to go into town to get supplies. Do you want to come with? And uh, Alex's like, yeah, I definitely do. And then I'll leave. And Gordon's like, you don't have to leave. You can stay here as long as you want. Like, it's chill. And he's like, no, I have to leave for reasons. So on the way to town, he's like, well, you seem to know stuff about horses. And there's a guy around here who, like, has horses. So maybe you can help him out. And as they're going into town and having this conversation, a guy in a cart dragging a horse behind it rushes past them. And Alec's like, what the fuck? And Gordon's also like, what the fuck? And Alec is able to chase the cart and unclip or untie the horse so he's not being dragged to death anymore. And this Um, is
0: referred to as a horse murderer. And also, by the way as they see the car coming uh G- gordon is like oh here comes Cruikshank. maybe he'll give us a ride but maybe he won't because kind of a dick haha <laughs> like you never know what that guy and then he gets closer and like oh he's like trying to murder a horse right in front of us so probably no ride
1: uh yeah so so at first Kirkshank is like trying to yell at Alec and he's like oh, I'm gonna call the the sheriff because you are you don't understand what you just did and you're bad and like
0: yeah like that horse don't... is
1: my property and you let it go yeah you have no right and then um, the the sheriff is like I don't know about that and then Gordon and some other guys show up and they're like no Kirkshank was dragging this horse to death and this child saved the horse and they're like oh that sounds right and then they arrest him on the spot yeah <laughs> And and then one, one of, of the
0: guys is Alan of of the previously mentioned Alan's ranch. And he's like, you seem chill with horses. You want a job in my horse ranch? And Alec is like, yes, please. Yes.
1: Also, throughout this, we occasionally get bits from the Black's perspective where mm. he's just fucking running through wilderness being a horse.
0: And fighting a moose. Can a horse fight a moose? I feel like. I feel like no, but the Black Stallion, yes.
2: I read this um, this part and I compared it to the, I believe it's Die Hard with a Vengeance, where um, John McClane takes down a helicopter with a motorcycle. It's, it was sort of written in that style.
0: It's that energy, yeah. I mean, moose are very, very big. <sighs> anyway, yeah. the Black Stallion fucked up a moose.
1: Yeah, so. Alec is at Alan's ranch for a while, and he's, like, real good at horses, but he doesn't like to socialize with the other guys because, like, he doesn't know anything about himself. And also, I believe at this point he has heard the news story about the boy, and so he thinks that maybe he is, like, a robber-murderer on the run. Mm -hmm. So he is trying very hard to um, keep his head down and, like, be chill because he doesn't want to bring himself to the attention of the police. Uh, and then one night, he's out, I don't know, sleeping in the place where people sleep with horses or something with the other two guys who work at Allen's Ranch. And they hear a really weird noise. And the guys are like, oh, it's like an eagle. And he's like, no, it's a stallion. And they're yeah. like, that's stupid. That's dumb. There's no stallions around here. He's like, no, I know it is. And uh, of course, like the next morning, he tells Alan and Alan's like, oh, well, why don't you go check it out? And so he does. And while he's checking it out, he sees the Black's hoof prints and follows them and sees the Black. And he is able to like coax him over to him just like through muscle memory that he doesn't understand how he has. Okay. And he knows how to talk to him. And he's like real gentle like, no with man. Alec. Is this a good time to talk about
2: some of the subtext regarding the way the horses are portrayed?
0: I was just going to say, like he sees the black and it's like an erotic awakening. And, and I know that this is a thing that's, I think especially said about like horse girls and like that riding the horse is erotic and it's like between your legs and like, it's like a horny sport to ride a horse which has not been my experience personally <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it's definitely the experience of this book like everyone describes the beauty of these horses in such like erotic terms it's especially for this being a children's book i i it's a lot it's just a
2: lot and of course i was totally unaware of this when i was reading this when i was 11 but i do think probably the sort of as as I mentioned earlier this kind of dependence of this um, relationship that he has with the horse on this um, psychic bond or whatever that without recognizing that as being kind of you'll we'll read some of it so you'll get an idea of what the language is like but and I think like Alec this character other than like Henry and like sometimes his dad he doesn't have like friends Mm-hmm. you know he doesn't he doesn't like care about other people he has the horse that understands him without words and i was probably the kind of kid that that appealed to on some level too mm-hmm.
0: because um i mean like the saddle club girls like yes there's you know they enjoy the horses but there was at least also a horse riding boys for them to also be interested in mm-hmm. and kind of like sublimate that horse crush on and alec has nobody but the black yes. yeah
1: yeah um, so let's zoom through the rest of the book real quick. So basically Alec goes back to see the Black a couple times in secret and then Alan and the other ranch hands find out about it and they uh, spook the Black and he's being all wild again and they're like, oh, like, we'll have to shoot him in order to chill him out and Alec's like, no, 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 I can chill him out and walks over to him and chills him out and is able to bring him back to the ranch and everyone's like in fucking awe of the fact that this wild horse is being wild and this kid can magically make him chill out. He is the horse whisperer. And Alan's real mad that Alec has been sneaking out behind his back and lying to him about this, but also he can't fire him because he's literally the only person who can take care of this new horse who they're calling what do they fucking call him? They Open call range? him Range
0: Boss. No 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 range it's boss. way hornier than that. It's range boss. <laughs> <laughs> Because these people are all also horny for the black. He's just a very appealing horse, I guess.
1: Yes. Um. So they can't fire Alec. Uh, and he just takes care of this horse. And Alan's been trying to get Alec to ride his favorite horse. Happy Feet. What's hot Feet. Kate, okay, you are
0: dehornying <laughs> all of these names.
1: <laughs> he's, he's been trying to get him to ride Hot Feet in this race. And Alec, very aware that he's maybe a robber-murderer, has been like, oh, I can't do that in public. and Because
0: people will recognize me and I'll have to go to jail for being a crime boy, I think.
1: Yes. Um, so he finally, Alan's like, hey, you should ride this horse in a race. And if you don't do it, I'll fire you. But if you do do it, you can keep the horse after.
0: The horse being Range Boss, a.k.a. the Black
1: yes because he has set up this this uh wager with another horseman where he's racing that guy's horse and if he wins he gets a bunch of horses from that man so in his head it's like a a good trade off where like he'll lose this like really crazy horse that no one else except this one child can ride But in exchange, he'll get a whole bunch of other horses. So financially, it works out well for him.
0: And by the way, there is like a full, very boring chapter that's just about negotiating the terms of the bet and going back and forth about, well, a quarter horse and a mare and a quarter mare and like, and there's these weird stakes where one of them thinks thoroughbreds are better and the other one thinks quarter horses are better. And it's like so much and about the differences between a thoroughbred and a quarter horse. And I refuse to retain that information. So I cannot tell you what the difference is between a quarter horse and a thoroughbred, but this guy, this guy knows. Fame.
1: Um. So he agrees yeah. to do this race. I and... could.
2: It, it, okay. Okay. No, I'm, I'm like, I'm that Ben Wyatt. gif. like, I, I have to say this, <laughs> this, um, I read this book and I was confused when I read this because I'm like, I know I had a coloring book as a child from the American Quarter Horse Association. It was a very, um, it was clearly a big organization. And I think at the time, going back to the history of the quarter horse breed, there was so some controversy regarding whether it was a legitimate breed. That is no longer a controversy, but in some way Walter Farley was trying to incorporate this thing in it. And again, I thought that was gonna come up at the climax that like, yeah, hot feet is better than this thoroughbred. Nope. It's
1: just random fact. All right. So real quick, the end of the book is um he agrees to do this race and he goes there to do the race and while Gordon is in town getting supplies, he sees the the article in the paper about the robber murderer being like Alec. Actually,
0: okay, I just have to, well, actually, because this is part of his whole, like, Rube Goldberg of Gordon has this, like, Rube (laughs) Goldberg scheme for justice, where it's actually before the race, he learns this and he's like oh shit that kid is a crime boy but I don't want to personally get my hands dirty by calling the police but he probably should be arrested I know I will goad Alan until he agrees to set up this extremely convoluted horse race with all these terms that we'll spend so long depicting so that then Alec will have to go to the race and then at the race someone will certainly recognize him and he'll go to jail and I won't have to me personally Gordon the former newspaper editor call the police myself and And then I will casually discard this newspaper so that Crookshank will also see it and also see this story that I have circled in the newspaper and discarded <laughs> in the diner. Anyway, bye. Yes.
1: Yeah, so he, he sees that um, and, of course, misses the article that is right behind it about Alec and the Black being missing and the, the search for them being called off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in the midst of getting prepared for the race, we go back to Gordon, who is looking at a bunch of thoroughbred magazines because he said he was going to send some to... Uh, Alec, because he clearly knew stuff about horses, and he thought maybe it would jog his memory. And of course, on the cover of one of the magazines is Alec and the Black, and he's like, "Oh shit! Like this is—he's not the crime boy. He's the famous horse boy." Um, so and he by the runs- way, it
0: never occurs to him that it could be both. Like he—it's he, once he's like, "Oh, it's the famous horse boy." Of course, he would never do crimes. Like, of course, people <laughs> are into horses would never do a crime in their life.
1: So he uh, rushes over to the stadium to tell everybody like, oh, no, like he's this famous horse boy. But at that point, Cruikshank um, has already taken um, the police to the to the race place. And they're like, oh, you have to arrest him. And the sheriff's like he he very clearly does not like Cruikshank and is like, well, I do have to arrest him. And then the other stable hands at the Allen Ranch are like, but you could arrest him in like 15 minutes. Like this this race isn't gonna take long. You could just arrest him after. And Crookshanks being like a real dick about it. So the sheriff kind of out of spite is like, yeah, I could ar- arrest him after. You're right. I could just arrest him after. Why don't I do that? And
0: again, this is a full chapter of back and forth about like, <laughs> oh, well, I should take him to jail. But no, a full chapter of this. And also Crookshanks' tragic backstory is that he's always wanted to own Alan's ranch, but he can't. And so he he knows that if he can get Alec arrested before the race, it will like make him lose this convoluted bet so his his plan to thwart alan is counter thwarted yes
1: um so alec is like all right well during the race i will just like leave like i'll leave the racetrack and i'll make this horse take me far away and i'll run for my life but once he actually starts the race he starts getting his memories back And by the end, his memory is fully back and he knows that he's Alec and he knows that he's on the black and he knows he can very easily win this race, which he does. And meanwhile, while the race is going on, Gordon has shown up at the racetrack and he keeps shouting, that's Alec Ramsey, the horse boy. And everyone's like, I don't know who you're talking about or why. And he's like, no, it's Alan Ramsey, the horse boy. Like, you have to. He's the horse boy. That's the famous horse he's on. And these horse men, these men obsessed with horses are like... i I don't know what what he's talking about
0: well then afterwards they justify it because they're like well i only like quarter
1: horses (laughs) this horse boy who's so famous that he's on the cover of horse magazine and all of these people who know horses who have been interacting with him are like well
0: (laughs) but also to be fair i mean i do feel like how you get i don't know like it's a black horse like, do, to some <laughs> extent, don't all, like, horse... Like, what t- What makes horses, like, difference is, like, what color, what pattern they are. And if I you've mean, got, like, a black horse, it's like well, a black here's, horse. here's my
1: question to you. I'm not an animal person. So that feels... I feel like that is how I would feel. Renata, if you saw a bunch of other cats with the same coloring as Duarte, would you be able to pick Duarte out of them? Well, of course.
0: <laughs> no <laughs> question.
2: <laughs> but... um. There are still all these redundancies in what's going on in the story because it's like Gordon has to run back from the wilderness on his burrow because he saw Alex's picture in a magazine. But also the other jockey who like shows up and is running the race like knows him. It's just like, because he's been hiding, because Alec has been hiding, this guy doesn't get a chance to see him. But it's definitely indicated that he has met this other jockey before. And if they were face to face, he'd be like, hey, dude, I thought you were missing.
1: So we just don't have that. And then we never hear from that jockey again. Right. Um, so he wins the race and they're like he's the famous horse boy he's not the crime boy and the sheriff's like well I gotta run his fingerprints anyway (laughs) so they take him to a, a bigger city sheriff's office and the sheriff there is like are you kidding me this is the horse boy like I asked you to bring me the crime boy and they're like well maybe he's the crime boy though So that's when they run his fingerprints, and they're like, oh, he's not the crime boy. He's just the horse boy. And he has his memory back at this point, and he calls home, and his mother doesn't speak, but rather asks a ranch hand to take the call, and he sends Henry and his parents to come pick him and the horse up, and they take a train home so that they don't have to take the black in a plane again because that ended up being a bad idea Mm -hmm. and everyone I guess lives happily ever after except probably Crookshank Mm -hmm. and the guy who bet all those horses against Alec and the black Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) at least they live happily until the next book I don't know what happens then all bets are off
2: more more racing
0: more racing
2: so again (sighs) the typical books of this series are more just like there's a horse and they need to race it and they go through all this stuff and then it happens and so that's kind of why this one stood out but they do always manage to be like there needs to be a race at the end because that's what we're here for yeah check so out. yeah I I picked this one because it's weird it's not super typical of this series but again those are there are those um you know the psychosexual soul bond going on mm-hmm. there's the adventuress and there's the um alec bonding with various older men and no other humans his own age
0: mm-hmm. well and and it was thoughtful because you put in a crime for kate to i, yeah, oh, I just just love a her a little crumb of crime it's a portrait yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I do love an amnesia. You know, I exactly. watched as many unsolved mysteries as everyone else as a child. So I know all about all the amnesias that could happen.
0: Kate, uh-huh. I think maybe more, or maybe I watched way less than everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know I what definitely... the metric is for that, but I think I watched zero.
2: <laughs> I definitely, by the time that I read this book, which again, I was 11. The whole idea that you could be lost and get amnesia was a thing. I think it was just kind of a comp, like, you know.
0: Like every cartoon had a that, like that in quicksand or like big oh, things yeah. that might f- pursue. Yeah. That, exactly. That might befall you.
2: This one had some specific things, like I remembered the scene where he like was trying to figure out if he knew how to shoot a gun. Again, in my memory, that was much more dramatic. But that was sort of. And so I'm like, okay, that's an amnesia fact I picked up. If I ever have amnesia, I should try to do the things that I normally am good at. One, I don't know what those would be. And two, I won't remember this because I'll have amnesia.
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is the problem like you can prepare for quicksand all you want but if you try to prepare for amnesia then you're just gonna forget it mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god i
1: mean okay. i feel like maybe maybe or maybe you know what? we don't need we don't have time to get into we'll how do this, amnesia we'll works. do a
0: bonus episode about amnesia unless yes. unless we forget to do it <laughs> 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 but let's move on to dramatic readings and just like give you guys some horse horniness
1: well, I'm I'm actually gonna start with some horse uh slothiness. <laughs> All the seven deadly sins of horse. Yes. The-
2: Napoleon, by the way, I would say qualifies as a fan favorite. He kinda shows up as like the black sidekick. So that's probably why we're starting with something that would be familiar to readers of the series. So I'm glad that um, Kate did have a character to relate to.
1: (laughs) So so we're going to start with um, the very beginning of the book where we are talking from the point of view of a nice fat horse who's just chill. And uh, yeah, I'm just going to go for it from the beginning, I guess. The gray gelding Napoleon was built from the ground up and butter fat. His roundness was not due to overfeeding or a lack of exercise, but to a most placid disposition and an ease of adapting himself to any kind of situation or way of life. He stood with one hind foot drawn in an easy, relaxed position and eyes half closed. One of his long ears moved, and they just wobbled as if the weight of them was too much for him to bear at this particular moment. He was the picture of contentment, as peaceful as the June night which enveloped him. There was no reason for him to appear otherwise. He was perfectly happy with his life. Finally, the old grey roused himself to saunter around the paddock. His movements were slow and quiet. He was very particular in his choice of grass. He would only stop long enough to crop a few mouthfuls, then go to other grasses that appealed more to his fancy and his discriminating taste. But it wasn't long before he returned to his favorite haunt beneath the billowing oak tree. He closed his eyes again. All was quiet as it should be. The inky silhouette of a tall black stallion moved in the adjacent paddock to his left. Teeth clicked sharply as the stallion cut the grass, low and even. The gray's wobbling ears were keen, and by using them, he followed the movements of the black. He was well aware, too, of the whereabouts of the burly black horse in still another paddock, the one on his right. He had heard Satan snort a few moments ago. Now imagine you're reading this for the first time. <laughs> right,
0: <laughs> Just like, keep that in the, mind. Of the devils here, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the breeze became stronger, gently whipping his body with a shower of deep evening coolness. After the heat of the day, it felt very good. There were no flies to bother him. Added to that, there were no flies to bother him. Added to his enjoyment. For ideal comfort, this is the way it should be: a fly-protected barn during the day, and at night, the freedom of the paddocks he knew why he occupied the paddock between the black and satan to keep his head to think for himself to do what was expected of him these things he had learned long ago he did his duties willingly whether he was on the track to helping school the young and eager yearlings in their first lessons or here in the paddock where he was ever watchful of the actions of mature stallions knowing that he was wanted that he had a job to do gave him a warm consciousness of virtue and well-being He opened his eyes and took in the paddock fences, and then, as though receiving comfort and security from their great height, permitted his eyelids to drop again. This time, he went fast asleep. Yeah, super chill, Napoleon. Yeah, he's got a job to do, you know, capitalism, and (laughs) also Satan was in this book, which was, I had to read that a couple times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Satan.
0: Good old Satan. Satan. Um, alright our next dramatic reading is from when uh, Alec aka McGregor has been uh, picked up by Gordon and um, they're having a little chat so uh, Carrie is going to be the kind of at this point omniscient-ish narrator and Kate will be Gordon and I'll be Alec who in my notes I've called Alex again which I did many times (laughs)
2: Yeah, I had that problem when I was a kid, too, because, like, I knew Alex P. Caton, right? So what is Alec? I don't (laughs) know about
1: that. Um, So this is Gordon talking to Alec. One night he said, You must face the fact that you've suffered a head concussion, and that's been followed by amnesia. I suppose it's only because you were in fine physical shape that you were able to get along without medical attention. Now you're on the way to complete recovery. But to make it come even faster, you've got to have plenty of rest and nourishment. That's all any doctor would tell you, I'm sure.
0: What good is my being physically well if I can't remember?
1: Your memory will come back, too, if you're healthy and want it back. Want it back? A thin smile crept on the boy's face. Don't you
2: think I do? The man looked at McGregor a long while and then said,
1: Yes, yes, I guess you do at that. He turned away guiltily. The last few days I got to thinking that maybe you didn't want to regain your memory. I've heard of some people creating a mental block because they don't want to remember their past. He met the boy's eyes again, those tragic, saddened eyes. I was wrong.
0: You were thinking of the money and the dresser.
2: McGregor said, accusingly.
0: You thought that since the police are after me... He paused. I want to remember everything.
2: He began again.
0: I don't care what happens to me after that. I can face it then. You've got to
1: believe that. I believe you, and if you want your memory back, it'll come.
0: But how? What good is my wanting it back if the barrier is always there?
1: It's half the job. The other half is complete physical recovery from your injury. The boy smiled bitterly.
0: Then I should be completely well. I feel fine.
1: No, it isn't that fast. You have to work for it. There are steps you must take. Steps? Yes, steps. Your body, your hands must have been trained to do something. Start using them and maybe you'll find out what it was. Something you do should come easier, more natural to you than anything else. Pursue whatever that is and perhaps the association of this and what comes from it will make something else more familiar. Follow that line and somewhere along it you should get your memory back. Gordon left the room. He returned a minute later, carrying a rifle,
2: which he handed to the boy. Let's see you hold it, feel it, he said abruptly. The boy's hand slid down the long barrel. The rifle was light in his hands, but there was nothing familiar about it. Instead, he lifted it awkwardly to his shoulder. Seeing this, Gordon quickly took the rifle away from him.
1: You sure never handled a rifle much.
0: Yeah, he's just armed this amnesiac boy.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And then I think the other thing to think about is if this is if this was you, what would the action be that would be the thing that you were so accustomed to doing that it would just come come right back to you? Mm. Candy Crush.
0: Well, yeah. If you had me in Animal Crossing Village, I'd be like, yes, this is familiar to me.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, right now, I feel like that. I mean, anytime Stardew Valley in this time of quarantine, it has been very much Animal Crossing also i think um probably fucking uh making uh event packets mm-hmm. what a sad life I, my <laughs> amnesiac self would think that i led
0: yeah i mean in terms of i mean so much of my job is just like computer like if you sat me down at a computer i would probably get there um emptying a litter box
2: <laughs> the modern world is so fallen from 1950 yeah oh, this,
1: this right <laughs> I mean, if you put me in a car anywhere in the greater Boston area, I would drive home. Well, okay, I would either drive home without thinking about it, I would drive to my old apartment without thinking about it, or I would drive probably at this point to Renata's without thinking about it. Um, The number of times I start in the direction of your town, going somewhere else, and then find myself driving (laughs) towards your house, I'm like, oh, this isn't what I'm doing. That's adorable.
0: Just come say hi anyway. (laughs) I'll wear a mask.
1: Because before Renata lived there with her roommate, I was friends with her roommate for like the two years that her roommate lived there, which is the longest any of our friends have lived in their current uh, dwellings. It's it's an, it's
0: an adequate dwelling. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on to our last and horniest reading, which is of course Alec and the black. And this is Alec still amnesiac, but he's gone to go find this alleged wild stallion out in the woods and so he's been kind of camped out alone and here we are during the night he slept only for minutes and at long intervals the stallion visited him often his gigantic form silhouetted against the walls by the light of the small campfire the boy never tired of feasting his eyes upon him and when he could not see him he heard the soft rhythmical beat of his hoofs Through it all, he felt the great love he had for this horse. He could not sleep, knowing that the very nearness of the stallion stimulated an emotion that was strongly linked to his past. Soon, he thought, it'll bring back everything I want to know. Dawn came to the canyon with a wan grayness, and the movements of the band were vague and shadowy. McGregor waited for the black stallion to come. When he saw him, he felt uplifted with sheer joy and love. Through the pale path of light, the stallion loped so beautifully that he seemed almost unreal. McGregor had intended to look upon him just once more and then leave the canyon, but he found he could not go. This feeling he had for the stallion was too stimulating. Would it not soon stimulate his very brain? And would he not, because of it, know everything about himself, his whole past, within minutes? Sobs came from his lips when the stallion stopped before him. He threw his arms about the horse's neck and waited for the elusive mental awakening to come. But nothing came. Scream suddenly took the pace of his sob the place of his sobs. He was desperate. Uh I'll stop there, but this goes on for so long and it's again, like just deeply deeply physical, deeply emotional, <laughs> deeply horny. <laughs> deeply stimulating uh all right well let's move on and play uh play some games Um, i'm gonna ask would you rather save a horse or ride a cowboy
1: you know i'm not really into (laughs) any of these options
0: (laughs) (laughs) what you could send a horse to college
1: that's true. I could send a horse to college. I, I You know what? I'm going to go with that. I'm going to save a horse from a distance by sending it to horse college.
0: <laughs> which, which is a reference to a different podcast. For yes. This,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which is fine. I'm going to make a different reference to a different podcast by the same podcasters later, so it'll be fine.
2: Yeah, I've got one too. It's fine. Um. I'd definitely save a horse. I wouldn't necessarily have to do anything with it. I have um, several family members who are like literally like live on farms with horses they could take care of it and I could enjoy its um you know beauty without having and also I've heard um stories of like I have a good friend from Montana and I've heard stories about cowboys not up my on my alley Mm -hmm.
0: I mean I think of the three of us I might be the most open to riding a cowboy (laughs) at least opposed to it uh it it really would depend i mean is this save a horse like it's in a you know it's already in a shelter or is this like oh the horse is gonna be dragged to death by crookshank if i don't immediately intervene because of course i'm not just gonna like passively let a horse die but if the horse is already sort of fine then i'll then i'll ride the cowboy um speaking of riding cowboys or riding horses this next game, um, we are playing fucking marrying killing, which is of course our tribute to Bill O'Reilly and his killing books. Um, but we're playing fucking marrying killing horse edition, <laughs> and I, you know, I think for the sake of this game, we can we can all like create our own horse OCs and imagine that we are horses or like whatever you want to do. I'm not like promoting our own, like, Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're, one of the, we're one of the nameless mares that is mentioned in this. Yes. Book.
0: So that said, I also do just want to talk about how every horse in this book has a name that I, I feel like could double as the name of a, a a porn or perhaps a porn star. Like all of these names, if you take them away from their horse context, okay, the horse's names that are in the mix for fucking Marion Killing are Napoleon, the Black, Satan, Black Gold, Hot Feet, Night Wind, and Range Boss, which is again the Black Stallion, but is his, you know, that's his name at a different club, is Range Boss. I mean, come on, I'm not making this up. These are their names, and their names okay. are horny.
2: So, are we just picking, or is how does this work?
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a bigger pool, so whatever ones you don't pick for your three are just going to be, you know, turned out to past year. Okay, gotcha.
1: All right, I got it. Um, so I would be, I think, fucking the black. Yeah. Because that horse seems real horny, and I feel like, and all the girl horses were obsessed with it. Yeah. So I think if I were a girl horse, a heterosexual girl horse, I would, I would probably be into that. I'm marrying Napoleon because he seems real chill and like I'm real down with a fat gray horse lifestyle mm-hmm. and I guess I'm killing Nightwind because he's I don't know he was like the rival for the black yeah so I'll
0: go with that yeah I mean I think that's basically like the correct choice but just just to mix it up I think instead of marrying Napoleon I'm gonna marry Black Gold, who's technically a burrow. And, you know, burros are maybe a little bit more, like, nimble than a horse in some context, so he could, like, um, get the mail and stuff.
2: Yeah, I definitely, I agree with Kate on the fucking and marrying. Those are clearly the answers. I'm killing Satan because just knowing more about the context of this book, he was kind of the poochie. Like, they... <laughs> <laughs> um, the black stallion
0: Satan the whole has back- to go back to his home planet yeah the, <laughs> I,
2: I, I'm, missing, I'm missing the the, um, the black stallion like gets taken back for a while to live in Arabia with the people who own him and they send Satan over and Satan like is the protagonist for the next couple books and it's just you know boring he's not the black he's like nobody cares about Satan
0: <laughs> alright well that all checks out um oh, all right well good game everyone let's move on to reader's advisory we'll we'll suggest some stuff to read or watch instead of or in addition to the black stallion revolts um i'll say by the way we we already made a or, or at least i made a list of horse books for when we read the saddle club so i'll link to that because i feel like there's probably gonna be some overlap
2: yeah i don't need to um, recommend any more horse books i think i just wanted to um again not trying to steal other podcasts a bit but you should listen to the episode of Light Check podcast about Warhorse because they come up with the theory that the only um, reason for this—this this is a movie podcast—the only reason for this movie is that everybody wants to fuck that horse. And I felt really re- it related to the motivation in this.
0: That does also seem to be the the moral of this book. Um, Well i know you'd made a list carrie so we'll put that on the website which is worstbustsellers.com um another podcast if you want some horse book content is uh they i don't even own a television guys recently did a dick francis book which carrie has also recommended for horse murder um yeah and we'll we'll move on then to our candy pairing where we'll say of course a candy to go along with your reading of this book
1: Um, So the only thing that I could think the entire time I was trying to come up with a candy was um, just the words oats, spectral (laughs) oats, in (laughs) Geralt's voice from The Adventure Zone. So that's my candy pairing is listen to the um, "Pedals to the Metal arc of The Adventure Zone. (laughs) It's,
0: it's, It's ear candy. It's ear candy. Well, my candy pairing is just gorp good old raisins and peanuts for you know the survival aspect of it and also because like you really want some m&ms in there but this only has raisins in it and it's like fine.
2: Um I did spice drops which are like like the gum drops that um they're more like cinnamon and licorice type flavors. Yeah like the they're... worst gum drops. <laughs> See to me these were in th- these were in a jar at my grandma's house and I guess because of those strong flavors i didn't eat too many of them but i have great nostalgia for them and like i never buy this candy because somehow it just has to be at my grandma's house when i'm a kid but i think of that Oh, all
0: right that checks out all right uh, on to our favorite game well, fucking Marion Killing maybe is tied with this. <laughs> um, no, we'll give this tied Our favorite game is The Rock Paper Snicked, where, of course, Kate says who Dwayne The Rock Johnson would be if hero in this book, and I say who Wolverine would be if hero in this book, and Carrie will choose which most improves it, or she can choose paper, which is to leave it as is.
1: Well, I'm, I'm cheating a little bit this time <gasps> around. Oh my because... god, Kate,
0: go to jail. Stop doing crimes and go to jail. <laughs>
1: Renata definitely already wrote the version of this book that The Rock was in, and I'm just going to read the summary of that out loud. Now, Moira McTaggart and her ranch hand Logan have been struggling (laughs) to make ends meet. When Dwayne The Rock Johnson wants to spend some time on a real ranch to prepare for a cowboy film role, Moira figures it's the perfect opportunity for them to make some quick cash. She didn't expect it to lead to love. And also, the Black Stallion stuff is happening in the background. So there is a lady. Yes. This would would make Alan into a lady. And also, it would be better. It would be better.
0: Also, go to jail. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, if Wolverine were in this book, um, he'd be living in a cave in the mountains near where uh, the ranch is and where they've all ended up. And you know what? He would fuck the Black Stallion.
2: (laughs) Into it um I feel like Renata wins either way, <laughs> but I'm I'm gonna uh, you know guys I I'm sorry I'm gonna go with paper I'm fond of this book this is important to me. Fair enough,
0: I mean it's already like pretty horny and we didn't really need to make it any <laughs> hornier. All right, what do I think the moral of the story is? Don't drink cold water when you're hot. That's My- actionable. <laughs>
1: My moral of the story is to always check your pet sitters references. Mm. Yep.
0: Uh mine is horses are dangerous and you should get a cat instead. Truth. Speaking of which, it's time for a Dorothy's corner where my cat Dorte will give his opinions.
2: <coughs>
0: yeah, you're right, Dorte. Not not a cat to be not a cat to be seen here, and you know what? You are also correct that you're a much better traveler than the Black, because I I did bring Duarte home from the Dominican Republic on an airplane, and you know what? I just, I gave him a little bit of some drops from the vet, and he just fell asleep, and he slept the whole way home to America, and he did not destroy the plane, or cause an emergency landing, or cause any trouble at all. It was perhaps the least trouble he's ever been in his whole <laughs> life.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I can't help but slightly disagree with your um, idea of how maybe instead of uh, being a horse ranch, they should change to being a cat ranch. Um, I I don't think it would really work out the way that you're hoping. Uh, I think that maybe that they would treat the cats a little bit more roughly than you would want. Uh, so I think that they would work better as maybe, you know, being like pets in the barn or something instead of being the actual, you know, denizens of the ranch.
0: Have you guys seen that video? Kate okay, probably not. But have you ever seen that <laughs> video of it's a cat that was like a barn cat with horses. And so the cat learned how to walk in like a horse trot, like a, you know, um, like a dressage trot, but it's a cat and it's so cute. Okay, please send me that link. I'll find it. I'll link to it. It's so cute. I would read a whole book about that
2: cat. Or watch a movie. The only other thing I'll say to Duarte is I did see it about the author that it mentioned that Walter Farley has always lived with animals, including dogs and cats. And it is really unfortunate that he never wrote a cat book. Although weird, horny cat book. I don't know. Mm, Yeah.
0: It is also, I feel like this kind of book so often has a dog and it's really horses only. Well, horses and burrows only.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
0: All right. Well, Dwarts, thanks as ever for your opinions. Do any humans have any closing thoughts?
2: Thank you for asking me. I'm sorry I made you read all this horse stuff.
0: (laughs) I I enjoyed it um, as much as I would enjoy a horse book. Like, I I like an old-timey type of story. I like the, you know, it was fine. I guess I'll say it was fine.
2: I think we should also link um I think I put the link to the um column. Judith Tarr writes a column about horses and fantasy on tour and she mentioned um the Island Stallion Races, which is a Walter Farley book with aliens. Um I felt like that has been covered by the internet, so I did not choose that one, but it's a crazy <laughs> book.
0: All right. Well, if you wanna come talk to us about um horses or cats who walk like horses or anything like that, um <laughs> We're on Facebook, facebook.com slash worstbestsellers. Uh, also Instagram, worstbestsellers. On Twitter, though, we are at worstbestseller with no S because the S was uh, damaged in a plane crash. So we had to make an emergency landing and we lost that S. But if you find it, it please, you know, please make it call home. We miss it. Uh, we also thank do you, have a you. good... What? I said thank you. Oh, um, we also have a uh, Goodreads group, which is most easily accessed by going to our website, worstbestsellers.com.
1: You can subscribe to us on any of the podcast places, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, the places where podcasts are. Uh, If you do subscribe to us, please take a moment to rate and review. When you rate and review, it moves us up a bit on the charts and makes it easier for new folks to find us. Uh, If you don't rate and review us, then we are going to be forced to put an article in the local paper that vaguely uh, indicates that you might be a crime boy. And (laughs) you'll have to deal with the fallout of that. (laughs) Uh, You can also subscribe to us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Worst bestsellers. Patreon is a service where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation that goes to us to do things like pay our editor, pay for our website, all sorts of, you know, podcast related stuff. Buy some Uh,
0: spice drops.
1: Yeah. You can also go to WorstBestSellers.com and click on merch to check out all of the stuff that we are selling so that you can wear our podcast on your body.
0: All right, and uh, if you just want to come, come holler at me personally, I'm at Renata Snacks.
1: And if you would like to talk to me personally, I'm at 14across.
2: Carrie, where are you on, on internet? I don't do, like, a lot on the internet now, but I do have a real name Twitter, which is Carrie M. Pruitt, and I, you know, go off on various things at times.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I... I think that's all the things that we are supposed to say, and if not, we'll put, we'll put them on the website, which is again yeah. is horsebestellers dot com. Summer will will be back. Um, our next book is Mallory and the Trouble of Twins by Anne Ooh. M. Martin from the Babysters Club series. You heard of it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, Carrie, thanks again for joining us and sharing oh, your you. your horse expertise.
2: And... Theoretical.
0: Yes. Theoretical horse enthusiasm. Actual horse
2: expertise question mark. Oh, uh, it's it's fifty years out of date, by
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And thanks everyone for listening and bye. 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 bye.